0: Welcome to Lectionary Mixtape. I'm your co-host Daniel Eisenberg.
1: And I'm your co-host Ben Siebert.
0: Each week we take a look at the text, we talk about those texts, and then we offer up a special musical offering related to those texts for our mixtape.
1: This uh, week for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, we have texts that include Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 13, Romans chapter eight, verses one through 11, and Matthew chapter 13, verses one through nine, as well as 18 through 23. So for this first uh, section, uh, we're gonna kind of follow the same format that we did last week. Uh, We're still just kind of experimenting with it. We're gonna look at a few themes that we saw in these uh, set of lectionary uh, readings. We'll eventually talk about the preaching moment and how we have begun to see that going and some of the high points and pitfalls that we might run into. And we'll also engage with our mixtape and really enjoy that too. So, Dan, for as I was going through this, um, I had a very kind of personal and uh, emotive experience about rain. Um, And so as I was talking through uh, or as I was reading through the Isaiah and the Matthew text, especially, um, I reflected on uh, some of the gardens that I've been a part of this year and how we just need some rain Uh, we just need something to help the seed grow Mm -hmm. it's not that uh it's not that all the seed that i planted is bad seed it's not that the seed i planted was in the wrong spot or anything else it just needs rain um and so i've i'm really attracted to isaiah um, and the the rain and the snow and the precipitation uh, watering the earth and that being the thing that really really enhances the joy and the celebration of all creation um and and even in the matthew text i've not normally associated any of this reading with rain i just assume that it's you know rain's going to come one way or another water will be there one way or another um but the thing that makes the seed grow isn't just the soil like the thing that makes the seed grow um it falls on good soil and brings forth grain um I I believe that more and more as I read this like God would be the rain and God would be the sun God would be the thing that helps the good soil be good soil because even the best soil if it's too cold doesn't produce anything even the best soil if it's too wet or if it's too dry doesn't produce anything either Um, good soil is tended and cared for and created um, by forces outside of it and so I, I think I see God as the rain and the sun and the thing precipitating those, those wonderful, wonderful things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking something similar in those lines, like um, for these texts, I, I think that the instinct and in my own as well is I've got to make sure that I collect that rain. I got to make sure that I am the good soil uh, I got to make sure that I've got it all figured out. Um, but mm-hmm. we're not the one that tosses the seed. We're not the one that put the soil there in the first place. We're not the rain that makes God's word flourish. Um, it's there. Um, and so I, I think that's something powerful. And like even to tie in the Romans passage, Um, There's all this stuff of like, are you in the spirit or are you in the flesh? And if you're in the flesh and that leads to death, but the spirit leads to life and blah, 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 blah. blah. And you get to verse nine and just unequivocally, Paul says, you are in the spirit. Like, there's no question at Mm -hmm. that point. Paul said it. And so um, it's not about us controlling it anymore. Uh, The rain's going to come and God is the provider of that rain. Yeah
1: and and in verse 3 in, Roman, in the Romans text too uh for God has done with the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin he condemned sin in the flesh hmm. mm-hmm. um i like that first part um not because it despises the law in fact it 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 pinpoints exactly what made the law struggle and it would be my own participation in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it was weakened by the flesh it wasn't weakened by the law the law's own self it wasn't seen as lesser uh, by the same god who gave the law but rather um it understands that i myself cannot bring even when given the good gift of the law um myself to righteousness Mm -hmm. this is something that god does
0: yeah yeah absolutely One that I see is God's indiscriminate, wasteful abundance. Mm. Uh, The first Isaiah reading definitely reminds me of, I know it's a separate passage, but about the rain falling on the good and the wicked, um, that God's Mm, word just goes, and it's gonna do what it's gonna do. It's gonna make things grow. It's gonna allow us to have bread from the wheat that grows, that we turn into flour, that we then make into dough, that we make into bread and all that stuff but especially that Matthew reading that the sower who again, parables are super flexible. So maybe it's Jesus, maybe it's us, whatever. But the point is that God's word uh, when it is tossed about is just thrown around everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. the sower is not so smart. And I know, you know, a lot more about planting things than I do, but I suspect that you try and put it in soil, and not on the road (laughs) and like just and what a beautiful illustration of the wastefulness of god's grace that it's just out there for the good and the bad and the people whose hearts are lured by wealth and the cares of this world and the people who don't quite understand what the heck's happening in the first place and for the people who um are ready to receive it it's all shown not just when you're good enough and when you're ready to receive it yeah
1: well, yeah, and, and especially at the time that this was being spoken, like the, the roads and the pathways might have just been really beaten down soil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't be like <laughs> throwing it <laughs> on the pavement. Um, and what I like about that is like the the God of heaven and earth uh, or whoever else is spreading the soil um, knows that the, the word of God is meant for all kinds of different types of soil. Mm-hmm. Like there's never a point where God says, I'm not going to waste my breath, literally, on this particular type of soil, on this particular type of person, on this particular type of um, creation. Uh, no, like the, soil, the seed, the word of God gets put everywhere.
0: And I think the implication too, and maybe I'm stretching it a little too far at this point, but if God is so wasteful with that word and just throwing it around, God's not really worried about running out of the blessing, isn't really worried about running out of the the, the seed of God's word. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the rocky soil right now, or the one with thorns or the path or whatever, like, that's not it. It's not game over. It's not one chance and you're done. Like, I suspect that sower is going to come around again and sow more seed and just start tossing it around like a wild person again.
1: Yeah. Now, it's not the most effective use of seed. However, if I had all the seed I would ever need um, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, actual soil, so like outdoors and all that kind of good stuff, if I just threw seed over really compacted soil, none of it might grow for one year, none of it might grow for another year, S- like just a hair of it might grow in the third year, but eventually. The microbes and the organisms that live in the soil uh, would get into the soil and break it up just a little bit. Enough so that the roots of these seeds could break their way in and the roots of the seeds would help break up the soil. And eventually that really compacted soil, if we stop walking on it and the seed keeps getting thrown, would turn into some really wonderful
0: stuff. Yeah. Or even like, I don't know. I know that I'm mixing up Jesus metaphors now. Uh, But, like, the parable of the mustard seed, where mustard is a weed. It's just, like, kind of a nuisance. It's all over the place. It wasn't like, oh, great, I'm going to plant my mustard crop this year. Um, And I think that's a really cool image. Like, if you've been walking on the sidewalk and those little cracks that are there, and there's there's a, um, what are the poofy ones? The poofy, you blow on them and they blow all over the place dandelion yeah thank you having a blank there like (laughs) like you see a dandelion sprout in the crack of a sidewalk um and maybe that's a really beautiful image for what the kingdom of god is like what god's word is like like even in the cracks you know that's all it takes and so god is just going to keep tossing out god's word until it ends up in those cracks
1: yeah yeah I always think of the the gravel driveway we had as a kid mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. Um, we would spread stone all over the driveway so that everything was covered. and yet grass always managed to grow exactly where the tires were not. So we wanted, <laughs> over time we wound up with two gravel strips and a whole patch of grass down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason wasn't because, you know, we didn't spread as much gravel one place and the other. The reason was, like, no matter what, those tiny little seeds we never even see are eventually going to find ways of growing, even in the rocky soil, even in the places where the sun would scorch. What I do like about the verse 8, um, uh, where it, we're reminded how grain works, a single grain brings forth, um, brings forth grain. It brings forth 160 and 30 fold. And that lets us know that there will be grain to throw out the next season, too. So the very, the good word that's planted in, in among soil that is able to hear it and is able to grow it is the same good word that's going to be thrown out both on the good soil again and again on the rocky soil and on the soil that uh, doesn't, um, doesn't typically see a chance of growing. So these good things are coming out of uh, the ones that hear them too. Like Mm -hmm. the the good soil has an active participation in providing seed for rocky soil and for thorns and for good soil as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a really cool thing to bring up too is how the seed sort of perpetuates itself too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just exist for itself. It's not just, well, cool. I got my, you know, whatever. I got my wheat. I got my apples or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, God's yeah. word, but no, the seeds from that then can get planted and multiply, and it can just keep spreading and spreading and spreading. And I like what you said about how that maybe that's part of the the source of this wastefulness. This, uh, um, yeah, just this wastefulness of God's word. What's the word? Prodigal sharing. A second
1: kind of theme that I picked up um, in these texts. And you kind of touched on it with abundance, but also uh, I, I feel a sense of joy in, in these texts. Now, Isaiah brings it out like overtly, you know, like mm-hmm. um, you'll go out with joy, be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills burst in song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Um, like there's there's a real scene being painted there. But I would also say that uh, in Romans and in Matthew, we have the opportunity to hear this as joy, you know, like when in Romans, when the good news is spoken to us that God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not. It's it brings in my ears um, the same way that uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a good thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and the same with Matthew. Whenever, I mean, whenever we see an entire growing season play out and there's seed at the end of it, there's grain at the end of it, that's a good and wonderful miracle, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Seed does not always come up. Seed does not always get produced. In the garden, I, I mentioned the gardens earlier, in the gardens I'm a part of right now, I got my hand on some bad seed. And some of the stuff that I planted twice over already, uh, eventually I come to find out that the the seed was just bad. It would sit in the ground and it wouldn't produce roots. It wouldn't produce um, a stalk. It just rotted in the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that stretches the parable to a place that we don't necessarily need to take it um, because uh, as we hear throughout these texts, uh, God's word as seed does not come back empty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. and, and, and so that's, God's word is never bad seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we always have good seed, which is a great and wonderful and joyous thing to be able to trust that what you put in the ground is going to come back. Mm-hmm. But then also just just knowing that something's going to be grown is a joyful thing. Knowing that something good is going to happen is a joyful thing.
0: That's, that's really good. I like that. I think that's a really great image to use too. Uh, especially I like the part of the seed not uh that the seed's always good that that's yeah. one thing we don't have to worry about
1: i mean if we wanted to mess around with it i would say that there are times when this word has been twisted and this word has been used in abusive ways uh used to silence people uh, of uh minority uh used to be uh, silencing people of minorities as far as In the U.S., skin tone or uh, ethnic background used to be silenced minorities of uh, gender or sexual orientation. And I would say that that is no longer the word of God, but it is a very bad seed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not you're not even in the same seed satchel. Yeah, (laughs) you're like you're pulling something else.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so that seed while we might see things growing after we throw it, the things that grow are, are weeds. The mm-hmm. things that grow are not the things that we want to continue to plant, are not the things that can provide nourishment, are not the things that will produce anything else. They will produce their own seeds, though.
0: Yeah, but right before that, I mean, that's uh, right before this in chapter 16, or excuse me, chapter 12, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus says to, you know, you drudge a tree by the fruit yeah
1: exactly
0: and so that's one of the things like when i'm in bible study i've had that conversation a few times of like well this is all confusing i don't understand like how do we know we're making the right interpretation it's like you don't but you see what grows from that from that seed that you've planted with god's word and you see if that's really what you planted Um, you see what the fruit is and if the fruit is hatred and division and it's um self-righteousness and it is uh violence and all of these things then maybe it wasn't a great thing maybe that wasn't god's word that you were planting you planted something else
1: well i mean i'm gonna save that i'm gonna save that for the preaching moment (laughs) okay i think you're right i think you're right i'm gonna save it for the preaching moment
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mhm. should we move to the next section here
1: yeah let's talk about preaching
0: all right so so what does your uh, your preaching moment look like how would you make this word come alive
1: yeah so for for weeks um for a month maybe a month and a half it feels like we've had a lot of heavy heavy texts um coming you know starting with matthew 10 and those three series and then even into um 11 and 12 we've had some pretty heavy stuff um, in the preaching moment. Um, and I plan on preaching my way through all of that, not really saying like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Christ doesn't mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but especially in the gospel, like having some really heavy stuff. And so here, it seems like the one of the first instances that we get some breathing space that we might have a glimpse of hope for the ones who feel like there's just no way I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, um, we started to get that in chapter 11 and we started to get that, um, you know, in chapter 10, but like here in 13, like it, it just feels like it's the first time that we have this out and out. Like God is going to keep throwing seed no matter what. Um, And I think my people need to hear that, not as an excuse not to be uh, who God made them to be, but as a hope to keep us going.
0: Yeah. And I think it for me, it provides a bit of solace to say, you know what? God's word's still going to get spread. You are invited to be a part of it. And maybe you're at the point where you are that wonderful, rich soil that can yield a hundredfold and whatever, bring about justice, bring about change and peace and all that good stuff. Or maybe you're stony ground right now. And we're going to... We'll get to that point. Um, like, <clears throat> But still, God's word is spread. And God is just going to keep tossing it out there. I think that is definitely a bit of solace like this work of justice and peace and spreading god's kingdom it's bigger than just one person it's bigger than just one congregation it doesn't let us off the hook like you said uh but it um yeah it provides a bit of solace
1: yeah and that that solace um sometimes i think myself wrongly uh, interprets solace as as the end like solace as respite, um, from, uh, or rest from the work that I'm being called to do. And I, like, like you said, I don't think that's what this is. Um, but it is something, um, solace is, it's just it's space to say that this is hard is space to admit what's going on and then to rewrap our brains around and rewrap our bodies around the fact that we need to keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it's um solace for our hearts solace for our spirits so you mentioned something i said i was
1: going to save for this portion um uh, and it's it's this idea of we know the the tree by its fruit um we know the plant by its fruit uh and we've said and i believe rightly that if the the seeds that we're planting, the words that we're speaking are growing hatred or violence or division, Um, then we say, is this, we question rightly, is this the word of God that I'm speaking? Is this, you know, good that I'm speaking? Mm -hmm. But we also had three and four weeks ago, this idea of Christ not coming to bring peace, but a sword. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to push us a little bit to say, it is right for us to question if our words bring violence to another person. It is wrong for us to confuse that with if our words bring unrest to our community. Mm -hmm. Because our words will bring unrest, like our words will break up the soil and till it and provide a place for good growth um, to happen. However, our words will not inflict harm on the vulnerable. Our words will not seek to inflict harm on anyone. There will be unrest. There won't be violence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's sort of the point of God's word, if you will. I mean, we look at the prophets and, I mean, just looking at that, that, the prophets are wonderful for that. And you could probably use that as an example of where you get these beautiful words from isaiah about god's comfort and a new heaven and a new earth and ho come everyone who thirsts come buy bread without price and all that wonderful stuff and it's like ah that's wonderful that's beautiful but also you get these really challenging texts it's not all comfort it's also um like even if we just go into chapter 56 um Mm -hmm. right after the passage that we get it just goes right into like, now you got to maintain justice. Yeah. Like my word is here and it's going to bring life and sustaining goodness. But now it's like the call is to maintain that and people Mm -hmm. aren't going to like that. Um, so it's, it's a both and, but who is benefiting from it? Um, Is it uh, lifting up the lowly and bringing peace and solace to those that are uh, afflicted and persecuted or is it um, just sort of maintaining the status quo and uh, silencing those voices that are crying out for justice and mercy?
1: Yeah, and and I think when we pay attention to who the words benefit, um, if the words benefit the ones who cry out, if the words benefit the ones who are oppressed the ones who are forsaken by society and i think we're on a really good track i'd also i'd also put like a little asterisk around my statement that you know the words never bring violence because i just there's too many stories in scripture where violence is a means that seems to be attributed to god mm-hmm. um, because we do see violence in in the promised land, um, you know, being taken. And we do see violence in the, the exile. And we do see violence in the the wars that Israel fights. We see violence in in their slavery in Egypt, we, uh, and they're being led across the Red Sea. We see violence even on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seeing violence is a reality of our lives. Um, I don't know that it's ever something that we hope for, nor is it something that belongs to our
0: hands. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I struggle with that. I'm definitely, I lean in the, the pacifist camp. Um, but I know that there are a variety of interpretations and such. Um, uh, two Two thoughts that came to my mind. One is, the Beatitudes in Matthew when Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers Uh, I was doing some digging in that for something else and uh, Augustine who uh, it's kind of a big deal I guess um, he used (laughs) that as a uh, justification for just war to Mm. say that like that's what it is it's not really a passive peace thing it's making peace therefore we can sort of make the leap of it is about establishing peace through violence in this case or through a just war. Not sure I agree with them on that, but, you know, we'll have to hash that out after the resurrection, I guess. Um Well,
1: I I imagine that we'll be let in on a few of these understandings in the resurrection, but why not try to hash them out now? You know, like why not try to figure out whether or not uh, a war can be called just? Why not try to figure out what morality looks like or Good things look like or good seed looks like now
0: Ooh, i remembered it <laughs> nice um so there's this uh thing that happens um so growing up we would celebrate passover with my family and at one point you remember the 10 plagues mm-hmm. and you dip your pinky in the wine of the wine glass that you have and you put 10 drops and after each drop you say the name of the plague you know you say blood and you say flies and darkness etc etc and there are two main interpretations of that like why we do that Mm -hmm. um this thing that's been passed on for hundreds of years, this practice. And one is, it's just to remember, you know, you don't want to forget which plagues happened in which order and stuff. And then there's another one is that we're doing it as a remembrance that it is a mournful act uh, that we are regretting that Pharaoh's heart was so hardened that he couldn't allow us to have freedom. And it took a violent act to, to free us it took these 10 plagues this suffering for his heart to soften at least temporarily to let us go Um, and Mm. i resonate like that's what helps me understand as much as i can about violence in the bible where it's not good and it's never god's desire and i really do believe that when it does happen that it breaks god's heart yeah
1: it's rare that violence is the first act that god Mm -hmm. brings
0: sure sure yeah one other thing a a preaching point i think that comes out for me is uh especially and i think this helps frame the isaiah and the matthew passages is that god's word i think sometimes we think of that as that's the bible and so if we just spread the stories of the bible Mm. then it's all good um But really what I think it's getting at is it is the promises of God. It is promises of mercy Mm -hmm. and forgiveness and God's faithfulness. Um, And so that's what takes root and gives life. It's not merely great, I can remember how many pairs of animals that Noah brought onto the ark or whatever. That's not what gives life. It's the faith that's created. In holding on to God's good and faithful promises to us, to never forsake us, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, the the word of God is as important as the faith that it produces, mm-hmm. and that's. I mean, I, and we see that we we believe that ultimately, but sometimes I agree, uh, we we make the we make this text and others into a sense of biblical literacy um, instead of a text of um, faith. Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, we need to know those stories of God's faithfulness and mercy, so sure. But that's not the end-all be-all. And sometimes I think we treat it as such. I mean, and... That's what makes it personal, and that's what makes it uh, beyond personal. I think that that's what turns us toward our neighbor. If there's a promise for restoration of all of God's people and healing and God's word bringing life to all, and to jump backwards in the Isaiah passage a bit before what we read in the pericope of uh, food without cost and celebratory drink and freedom from our oppressors, like holding on to that word. I think really helps Mm -hmm. light a fire under our butts. Yeah.
1: And and what I will say is that throughout uh, our scripture, um, we understand that these are stories that God has used and continues to use to build faith, um, to grow faith in our lives. Um, But we also understand that God grows faith through a variety of other stories Mm -hmm. too, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, this, these are really texts of growing faith.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: One thing uh, that I noticed the pericope does uh, in 13 is to skip over 10 through 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's this kind of question that the disciples have. And it's a tough one. It's a it's a easy question. It's a tough answer. Why do you speak in parables? And Christ answers uh, with a bit of Isaiah and this understanding that some people just aren't going to be able to hear. Some people aren't going to be able to see. Mm -hmm. And I understand that skipping it might let us focus in on the parable itself a little more fully. I also think that for some of us, skipping this text might lead a preacher to believe that these texts aren't good for the assembly, that these texts are somehow harmful to the assembly or the assembly isn't capable of hearing them. And I would say that this, for me, this part of the pericope only enhances the texts around it. Understanding that part of our hearts do grow dull and part of our ears are hard of hearing and our eyes are shut um, really resonates with Romans, really resonates uh, with our own selves. um, So that we don't simply put ourselves in the category of good soil and others in the category of rough Mm -hmm. soil. It helps us understand that we are rough soil. Um, and sometimes we, have good, we are good soil. Sometimes we have the ability to produce. But rarely are we good soil and only good soil our entire lives mm-hmm. long.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important part, too. Like, I can think in different points in my life where I thought I was really good soil, but I was really more like the thorny soil. And like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that can be really powerful as well to say, this isn't an end all be all, you know, you're not just stuck there. Soil changes, soil can be tilled. I mean, and again, I I feel like we're just conflating lots and lots of different passages, but I'm kind of okay with it because Jesus loves his growing metaphors. Um, But like the one about the, uh, the fig tree that's not producing fruit and Mm -hmm. the, um, the The tender says, well, you know, uh, or the owner says, I'm going to chop it down. I'm sick of this tree. And the tender says, you know what, let me, let me put some fertilizer. Let me till it a bit. Let me tend it a little bit and let's give it another shot. And like, man, that's what God does. It's not just, well, Mm. you're written off. Sorry, you're stony ground. God's done with you. And you're always going to be tempted by the cares of this world. And you're always going to be not understanding what's happening. But no, God will work the soil. And so for these verses that we skip, for these, you know,
1: verse 12, for those who have more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Um, When we hear those words, sometimes... They hit us so hard that the things we hear in the parable start to fade. The promises that we hear start to fade. And it feels so difficult, so rough that we start to believe ourselves in this moment to be um, judged in this moment to say, well, if I produced, you know, only partially good things or no good things up to this moment, then I am a lost cause, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've got nothing uh, before God. But truly, God didn't stop speaking to the disciples or to anyone else at chapter 13 in Matthew. (laughs) We have yet to go to the cross. We have yet to go through more towns with more healing, with more understanding, with more stories. Um, God is far from done in this moment. And we have to remember that when we go through these texts. God
0: keeps tossing that seed, that seed of God's word.
1: Yeah. So what i would say is even if uh, even if this part of the text isn't included uh in in the lessons for this sunday even if this part of the text isn't um a thing that's read out loud i would i would go ahead and address some of the questions that come up in 10 through 17 Mm -hmm. because if we have good and wonderful people that are, are going back and reviewing these things and reading through this part of the text. They're going to have those questions pop up, and it it is worthwhile for the word that comes from our mouths to address these things as well.
0: Should we head over to the mixtape?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: You know, Ben, that reminds me of the song. Nice. Nice. Well, would you like to go first, or shall I? Uh, I can. Okay, go for it.
1: So uh, the text I picked for today has a lot to do with that first theme I brought up, um, which is rain. Um, It's called Love, Rain, or Me. Uh, It's originally by The Who, and it was covered by Pearl Jam, which is where I first came came to hear it. Um, It's a a really neat kind of song that drifts in between... Um, being a song about love, love itself, and uh, a love between two people. Um, But uh, I really, really like um, how the verses begin uh, consistently. Uh, Only love can make it rain. The way the beach is kissed by the sea. Only love can make it rain like the sweat of lovers laying in the fields. Again in the second verse love can bring the rain that makes you yearn to the sky only love can bring the rain that falls like tears from on high and the chorus just asks for love to rain over mm. and to rain on us yeah. Make it rain. really like this idea because I think it matches the the text really well the this outside force that causes the seed to grow and causes the soil to be good um, the rain and the son of God um, and I like the the personification of this rain
0: uh, throughout the text hmm yeah and I like the um, direct connection between rain and love um, yeah. I think that helps especially like we were talking about with the isaiah passage that god's word of love and um yeah i really like that and the fact that it is a a, a beseeching uh, it's uh and like i'm more familiar with the uh who version uh but i mm-hmm. i think the pearl jam version does a similar thing but it's almost like pleading like yeah. the way that the the chorus goes about rain over me um and i can feel that you know we just we we need that that love that brings forth life mhm
1: and i really like it's one of the few songs that treats rain as a blessing mm. like there's so many songs about rain being a bummer cuz we can't go outside and party anymore
0: mm-hmm. and my- <laughs> like,
1: who cares like <laughs> the rain is a good and wonderful thing when it's dry and dusty and we have no chance of survival without it
0: mm-hmm. how about you uh, mine is by an artist named Emily Wells and it's called Passenger hmm. and it's um, mostly it's about uh, someone who just like is stubborn and just kind of screw growing up their own life in a lot of ways I mean mm-hmm. the uh, the chorus says uh, I'm a passenger I'm a passenger give me the keys I want to drive um, and um, there's a lot of different uh, themes that just kind of like losing it not really uh, having control in your life um, and I like this passage um, because I think that describes the describes a human condition in a lot of ways. Like, man, I just want to control everything and I want it to be right. Uh, I want to exercise, if we're going to use the Romans passage, you know, my, uh, the flesh over the law and make it like bend to my will. I want to make things right in the world. Mm. And man, what we need is, we need God's mercy of rain to rain or us. Uh, We need the, uh, wasteful uh blessings of the sower who sows god's seeds of mercy and love and kindness to just go all over the place like it doesn't need to be all dependent on us being the good soil and grabbing the wheel of our car and driving the (laughs) if you give me the keys you know i won't survive uh, is how the chorus always ends I, I like that it's not a perfect metaphor for what we're talking about because you know God does give us a calling to be a part of this and to maintain justice as isaiah fifty six says and as all those other passages that we we're reading before and it's really hard um, but i I do like this idea that you know it's not all up to us. we don't yeah. have to drive the thing all the time yeah yeah i, I and i'm
1: I like the almost confessional that happens inside of this. You know, I want to drive, but also, like, I know I'm just going to drive a strain in the ditch. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, yep. and, and that is true. It, it is good to be aware of our, our desire for control and also the fruit that we've seen our own controlling interests bear.
0: Well. Well, you? Yep. I think that's gonna do it for us over here at Lectionary Mixtape. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost.
1: Yeah, thanks for this time and uh happy
0: preaching. Mm-hmm. Bye. Take care.